0: Welcome to the Fast Five by Fear and Greed. I'm Michael Thompson and good morning, Sean Aylmer. Good morning, Michael. Sean, today in just five minutes, we're going to get an idea of what 2023 will look like. We've spoken previously about where we live and some of the generation and population changes, but what about how we work? Yes, I'm excited
1: about this topic. There's been so much talk about the death of the office, but is it actually happening? Demographer Mark McCrindle is the principal of McCrindle and an advisor to boards and committees across Australia. Mark, welcome back to Fear and Greed. Thanks so much,
0: guys. So, is the office dead or not? (laughs) Well, to uh, quote Mark Twain, reports of the death have been greatly exaggerated. (laughs) Uh, No, far from it. I mean, we've had a a century of working in offices, of working in this modern form, and of course, countless millennia prior to that, where people came together for economic purposes. So. We're social beings as humans. We want to gather, and not all of that can be done through a virtual. We're seeing, and and this year ahead is really going to highlight it even more. A push to get people back to the office. We're seeing occupancies in our CBDs rise once more. Uh, it's probably going to settle a little, a bit below what we once had, maybe fifteen to twenty percent below you know, full time capacity. But nonetheless, the majority of the days more workers than less will be in the office and interacting. And that's in those offices where you can work remotely. A lot of work is place-based and you can't decouple it and work remotely. And obviously, that's continued on there. But, but even where we can, we are seeing a return to the office.
1: Okay. Is it because we're social beings or is it because maybe just the glosses worn of working from home has worn off a bit?
0: Yeah, I think we've settled on this hybrid model. And that is that certainly we're going to do some work remote, we're going to work from home. And and we've surveyed Australians on this and they said, look, they do appreciate their flexibility if they can drop a commute one day a week, if they can have the, the focused time without disruptions of an office environment, that's going to work partly for them. But they definitely want to, beyond any work-life balance and flexibility benefits, they want to gather because that's where you get the alignment. That's where you get mm. the innovation. That's where you get the collaboration and the learning and the leadership alignment. And, of course, that good old, as you said, social interaction. You know, One of the few social bottlenecks through which we regularly pass now is the office. We're not as connected by knowing neighbours or you know, being part of a local community organisation. It's the workplace where we regularly get that meaningful interaction that's another reason we're coming back.
1: It's going to make leadership more important, I would imagine, and, and managers really,
0: managing their teams when they're mostly in the office but not always. Exactly, because we're managing hybrid teams, so some are there and some aren't. It's both a scattered and a gathered workforce, and we have to invest even more deeply in culture because we can't rely on people picking up how we do it by watching or observing or just catching up on those, you know, unplanned chats around the around the coffee machine. So, so all of that is changing leadership. It's adding in more of a deliberateness, more of a focus on inclusion to make sure that we're there aware of people that aren't in the room uh, that may be zooming in. It's it's ensuring that we with generational change, really bring in the next generation, that we're not just focused on compliance and monitoring, but mentoring and cultural engagement. All of that is bringing about shifts in leadership.
1: Do you think that the people who are younger leaders will be better at that than those who are older leaders, and i.e. those that have been schooled in perhaps a, a much more mercantile
0: style leadership regime? Yeah, definitely. You know, a younger generation bring that that tech savvy, they bring that ability to to work through the digital. It's sort of like their first language, and they bring yeah. a flatter structure to things. You know, they're not as formatted as we were in the 20th century with hierarchies and chains of command and autocratic processes. They're far more collaborative and participative. And it's that flat structure that people now want in a workplace. And that's really their leadership strength is the people skills, not the structural skills. And they'll bring that to the fore. And I think that'll be very 21st century relevant.
1: Okay. So bringing the unemployment rate into this discussion, 3.4% at the end of 2022, mighty low that. Managing people, keep retaining people, also attracting people. That's going to be very different 2023 on than perhaps 2020 before.
0: Exactly. And even if we start to see that unemployment rise and it inevitably has to because it can't get much lower, uh, what we're going to see alongside that is still this focus on attraction and particularly retention. You know, employers have really focused on how do we engage the staff? How do we retain that knowledge? How do we, having trained them, uh, ensure that we don't get the disruption of ongoing churn? And it won't be just because it's been a tight market and, and people had small supportive of options, even if they have more options or, or even if the the, the economy slows, uh, we're still going to need to retain for that real culture and collegiality and knowledge and productivity purpose to make sure that we, we're we building corporate knowledge as a growing learning organization uh, rather than you know, losing our, our best people continuously. So, yep, attraction, retention and the right leadership model will be key to that. I'm sure demographers aren't really spaced to put value
1: judgments on this sort of information, but that sounds really good to me. I mean, I think it sounds like a better workplace when all that's happening.
0: Well, exactly. If we've got a new generation that are focused on the people skills, not just the technical skills, you know, assuming they can bring productivity, but also can have a little bit of empathy, uh, can care about the individuals and their even own development pathway, you know, can understand that diversity and bridge gaps across a more diverse uh, workforce. All of that's got to be a strength and it will help all of us. I think that next generation bring that because they don't think in terms of hierarchy and management, they think in terms of people and leadership, and that's a real plus. Mark, thank you for talking to Fear and Greed. Thanks so much, guys. That was demographer
1: Mark McCrindle. There you go. What I'm going to do, Michael, I'm going to get in touch with Adam Lang, who's the, the third of we three here, who I always think is my boss, and just tell him to start behaving differently.
0: I'm just actually a little bit worried about the, the rise of the office and the return of the office. What does that mean uh, for those of us who are effectively hermits? Yeah, it's a good point. Tough for people like you. Yeah, it is. It is. I've become very very accustomed to Zoom. I love it. All right. Thanks very much, Sean. That's it for today. Make sure you hit follow on the podcast. We've got regular business news back from Monday. I'm Michael Thompson, and that was The Fast Five by Fear and Greed.